Hi, this is Matt. I'm launching a episode here of a training session that I did with Bill Woodich in my office with my sales team. I've told you the importance of being able to build a network of successful people to help you when you need help. And I reached out to Bill, my friend, and I said, Bill, you're a, you're a successful sales guy. You've had tremendous success. Will you do me a favor and just jump on a quick Zoom and give my guys specific training on qualifying and building a pipeline? And Bill, of course, immediately said, just count me in whatever you need. We fire up the Zoom. I bring my sales guys to the conference table, and he drops bombs for about 30 or 40 minutes. They were so good about qualifying, about the gritty mindset, about the desire to win, what you do with top performers, what you do with middle performers, what you do with bottom performers. He has this great acronym about qualify that he talks about in this. And I highly suggested for you, whether as you're a salesperson, you're a sales manager, you're the owners of the company, listen to this one and take these incredible nuggets from my friend, Bill Woodich. And then maybe you ask yourself, as you're learning how to make more money, who is in your network and who could you reach out to to ask them for assistance? Because at some point in your career and your earning, you will be promoted to your level of incompetence. You will need to turn to your network and extract information from them to benefit yourself first and then to benefit others. And that's what I did by inviting Bill in and he dropped bombs to my sales team here. So enjoy this one. I'll see you down the road. What are you looking at, Matt? You can, you're trying to send me an Instagram or a love note or something or what? <laughs> <laughs> How are you, buddy? Uh, really good. You've got about as much writing on your whiteboard as I have on mine. I'll move this <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> Is it recording? Yep. Okay. okay, awesome. Bill, we're getting everybody together here. And then we're going to rock and roll here. Bill, are you not going live video on your side? You want to share your screen so we can see you? Oh, okay. Hang on. I didn't want you to see me because I'm not having a good hair day. <laughs> well, at least you got hair to have a good hair day. There you yes. are. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. I would have shot, shot this from my pool, but it's not quite cold enough in California. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you moved from Pennsylvania, man. You were every the smart I, one. Hey, man, every time I see you in there, I know why I moved. <laughs> hey, <laughs> people got that. They, they, they think Dallas is so much warmer than it really is. I mean, that damn pool gets cold. So, all right. Oh, really? Really? No kidding. All right. So, Bill, I've got the group sitting here with us. I want to do a quick introduction for everybody to understand. Bill Woodich is my new friend. Uh, Bill and I were introduced from Hank Norman and the guys at Two Market Media, but since then, we've, we've developed our own relationship. Um, as you know, Bill was in here not too long ago. We did the podcast together. And uh, obviously, I follow Bill and I watch his material. Something popped up. He did something not too long ago about the importance of qualifying the prospect and, and, <clears throat> and that most of us are working with people who we shouldn't be working with because they don't have the ability to deliver the end result that we want. And it really it caught my attention. I watched it. He did a few follow-ups, which then continued my attention, which was that while we have a problem in that regard, the, the problem that gets created because of that first off is that we actually think 
we're working with qualified prospects. And then because of that thought process and mindset, we end up building a pipeline or lack of a pipeline around people that we shouldn't be working with anyway. So we end up with this false version of what a qualified prospect is. And then we end up with this false version of hope that our pipeline is filled with these people that we shouldn't have in our pipeline in the first place. Okay. Bill, that, that is your, that is your wheelhouse, right? I mean, that's your bailiwick, man, figuring out who should you work with. It's how you built your firm and how you got you successful. Yeah. It, that is an endemic problem in sales period. I don't care what kind of sales, whether you're doing, whether it's you or me, that is the endemic problem with sales. You know, people, we hear what we want to hear, especially as really good salespeople, and we disregard the most important. And the most important is, are those things that really translate the words into action. So we're going to try to get to action pretty fast. But I want to ask you, I want to go through this, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you real quick what we do, and you tell me where you'll find the similarities, and then we'll jump into the qualified piece. What we do is we're corporate insurance brokers. People have to buy. Companies have to buy by law what it is that we broker. The variable, the choices from whom do they buy? They have to buy it once a year. And it's a big line item for them. Right next to payroll, the number two expense for them is their insurance. So that's what we do. And there might be a, uh, a similarity. I don't know if they have to buy what you have by law. Um, they have to buy it once a year for us. I don't know how where your expiration date is on you know what you do and how you do it. But the key is from who do they who do they buy, and then I'll break down the variables of those people have the money to buy. Are they using you to broker against their current relationship? Because people hate change, and you know there's always the uh, people who vote for mediocrity over even the assumed brilliance of someone like me or Matt. And they stay with the comfortable, which is to not change. That's key. And they use you for your information, for your price, for position for their, with, their, with their current. So that's kind of the overview of what we do. When I find out more of what you do, I'm going to get into more specifics on it. So for us, Bill, it's, it's very similar with the exception of the regulation piece, right? Our, our clients are truckers and towers and construction companies and moving companies who are not under any regulation to buy equipment. Um, and so we are constantly either filling the void of their replacement cycle or yes. helping them understand that growth is important because perhaps their business is too small, their prosperity is therefore too small, their impact in the universe is too small. Um, and we come up with a lot of people who say, uh, yeah, I'm interested, but not right now, right? Um, I'm holding off on my purchase. I do all my financing with my bank. Those are a lot of the standard rebuttals that we get. And, um, and so we therefore um, begin to put hope in conversations that don't deserve our hope. Mm -hmm. And the ability to qualify, what we're going to talk about and get into detail on qualify, really is the differentiation between a conversation and an opportunity. And that is huge. I can tell you this in 23 years of, of leading this company, there has never been one person that has come in from a sales call that didn't think it went well. Never one salesperson that didn't go well. And you know this as well as I do. The only thing that, that well really embodies is a cash to check. 
So unless the check's cashed, everything else is just what you've heard. And especially, remember this, you know this too, fear, desperation, greed are those three things that drive the quota-based salesperson. So a person who just has to make quota is always listening for or hearing those things that they want to hear. And most of the time, it's a conversation that they think is an opportunity when it's the furthest thing from it. So that, I think we have similarities there. Is most of your, are most of your sales on the phone or are they on the phone with the chance to meet someone in person? So we work on a nationwide basis. A lot of our best customers we've actually never met. Uh, three of our guys were at sales, was, were at a trade show over the weekend. So those are always good for us to put uh, faces with names. But a lot of our stuff is done over the telephone and then it's done through FedEx in the form of contracts going back and forth. Um, so I think to answer your question, we work nationwide and probably the majority of our accounts start with a telephone conversation that can expand into a, um, a personal meeting. And certainly if we're local, we're always suggesting to our sales team to go out and, and break bread and, and meet that person. Um, and, and let's be straight about it. I mean, Bill is a straight shooter and Bill and I are friends. It doesn't happen as much as I think it should. I don't know why our guys are in the office so much. By the way, there is a reality to that, Bill, which says, well, we're in the office because you're going to beat on us to make 75 phone calls and be on the, on the phone for three hours a day, boss. I mean, that's why I can't leave the office because you're going to hammer on me for my phone report yesterday, right? Yes. My, my rebuttal to that, this is not news to our team, my rebuttal to that is, well, if I want you to be on the phone for three hours, what the hell did you do for the other five or six hours? And the response yeah. is going to be, well, I was processing my credit applications and I was doing my busy work to move the deal along through credit and contracts and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, a lot of it does come down to time management in that regard too, Bill, because our, I mean, I've watched our best guys just this morning who were all out at the trade show over the weekend. You know, some of these guys have three or four sets of docs requested and it's 11 o'clock in the morning, right? And some guys will take two days to request a set of docs. Where we are very similar, and I'll start drawing similarities to you, is this. We used to measure, like you did, we used to measure calls. And we used to measure, we had this down to a science, where if you made 100 calls, you could expect to have 10 people who would talk with you and three that would probably meet with you. So we had that rule that we had found worked experientially for us over 20-some years. Here's the formula. We were, we were way off on that way off on that because you can't measure calls. You've got to measure actual appointments or you've got to measure actual people that you're talking with and having a conversation that can lead to the opportunity. You've got to break it down from conversation and then opportunity. So you might need 200 calls. I know you're going to probably hate me. You might need 75 to get if you're really good at it. But I think the more you make that are directed calls, the activity is like the 10x rule that you heard. It's going to going to bring a form of success. It is, it is really about activity. People want to get away from that and find a magic way to get away from a cold call. Bullshit, there ain't no magic way. There's not, not in our business. You, you can call it a warm call if you send some information first, but it's still a cold call to a degree. So my first question to you is, what is your impact, bam, three second, I got you on the phone, differentiator when you come right out of the gate? What is it? What do you say? We, we refer to that as our EOS or explanation of services. And, um, and I'm going to say my interpretation of it, but here's a training problem in our office. Uh, everyone has their own different EOS. And everyone uses their own EOS. But my EOS is Bill Woodich. Uh, this is Matt Monero with Commercial Fleet. Today's your lucky day. Mm -hmm. well, what might you say in that regard? 
Well, I'll tell you why I like that. Is that what I used to say is this, I bet you get a thousand of these calls a week. And the guy said, well, maybe 2000 or he starts laughing because I have two things going on there, empathy and humor. And what you're bringing right up the thing right there is a differentiator of humor. Today's your lucky day. Cause natural question is going to be why, why? Cause you're, you're, on, the, why? you're gonna be on the curious. Phone. Yeah. You're going to be curious. So the answer to that is, well, because you're on the phone with me, see Mr. Jones, and now I can get into the discussion. I've identified you as the ideal candidate for our financing. I've already looked at your Dun & Badgery report. It tells me that you have the revenue size. It tells me that you have the fleet size. And it tells me that you have the credit score. That means you will qualify for our lowest cost financing programs. And that's the reason. Do you buy new or used? Mm -hmm. I says, I buy used. Fantastic. I got some unbelievable programs for clients just like you who buy used equipment. I buy new. Fantastic. I got some unbelievable programs for clients just like you who buy new. I don't care which direction the call goes after that, right? I just have a dialogue that's begun to get started because of that sort of wacky in the face a little bit, today's your lucky day. What most people do, Bill, is they will do, um, I'm just calling to see if you're in the market to buy any equipment today. And that's the call they get 100 times. I'm in the market to see if you'd like to buy any insurance today. Well, hell no, both of them are expenses. I don't want to do either of them. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Let, let me give you a story. Let's go back to something for a minute. I had this person come in here with all the, you know, the, 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 the talent. And I, I had a lot of people with a lot of talent. Just like in sports, you never know until you're hit. You never know until you get them in. And this person had to feed a family. And you would think, and you would think that they would do what it takes to make those calls to get the ingress to, to feed the family at a very basic level. And, I, and they wouldn't do it. And they would be stuck on making a minimum number of calls that you'd have to drag them to the trough on. I started coming in here at 6 a.m. with them. I started staying until 5, 30, 6, 7 at night, whatever it took, to try to do that. But I could not make them do their own push-ups. And they eventually went on to another, to another place. The, what I'm saying is this. you got to have that deep-seated need and hunger. You know, I had the need to validate to a, a parent that I was never going to get validation from. And that drove my calls. And the more calls I made, and I stood up when I made my calls because I wanted the energy in my inflection. And I had conversations like Matt had by saying, hey, it's your lucky day. I started making it a game. The first thing we got to do is make it a game. If you're going to make it work, you're always going to be pushing for next, pushing for next. But you start playing it loose and fast because you're making so many calls. It gets to be freaking fun. Believe it or not, it gets to be fun. So the first thing I did is to open up the universe to make it a game. I knew that the more numbers I had, the better I would be because I wanted the Ferrari. I wanted the house, and I wanted to be number one. It was an insatiable drive. That alone was the key thing for me because if you can open up your base of people you talk with, you're going to be able to walk away from the shit that's never going to get you any closer to a cash check or your dreams realized. It's not. It's just a conversation. So that's what I was able to do. And listen in their terms, were they saying, I hope, it's not, I don't know, or were they actually giving me some signs through continual work? Because some of the people who would say, not time yet, I would put them on a back burner. I would still call them, but I wouldn't call them banking my next check on that. I would still be making more and more and more and more, and then going back to that and building, building, building on the month, on the next month, on the next month. They were always in my pipeline. I, because you, it would it, sooner or later, some of those things would become real, or I'd drop them off. So, Bill, what, what would you consider, say, top three uh, traits of that person who, um, who does want it or doesn't want it? What are, some, what are some things that you've seen over all the years that says this person, this person can tap into it and this person can't? 
let's let me generalize in a rule of three. First of all, I call this the rule of uh, 33 and a third percent. There are 33 and a third percent in my mentality. It's just a mindset mentality. They're never going to buy from me. Just never going to do it. So I could call on a day when I'm getting all of those people and they're not going to buy from me. It's like a religion. They don't believe in God. They ain't going to buy. Never. They're going to, they've got someone else they buy from or some other way that they, they are not going to buy you, you or your product, period. There's 33 on the other side, the far right. They're going to, they're going to listen to you. They're going to appreciate what you have. They're going to be the people that could be converted into buyers. And then there's the middle, and they don't know which way they're going. And so you've got to win the middle. So I'm looking at characteristics like this. It's time. It's a timing, and it's a number. So you could call someone in Iowa, someone in, 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 in Illinois, and they're at that point where it is my time. Yeah, you know what? I want to hear what you say. It's strictly a freaking numbers game. And when they start coming back and have an interest in what you say, and building the humor based on what you say about this is your lucky day, if you can open them up to talk about themselves, the more you can get them to talk about themselves, the closer you're going to get to find out if you've got a real qualified prospect or not. And, you know, we have a fortunate uh, element of our sales process to get the person to talk. One common denominator of all of our customers is they love to talk about the equipment. They like, you know, there's a trucker likes to talk about how he loves Peterbilt's and how he hates Freightliners, right? Yeah. Or whether he likes a Detroit engine or a cat engine or a 13 speed or an 18 speed. And so how important is the product knowledge, Bill? How important is the product knowledge to be able to be successful on these initial calls? If you could write down the, the word qualify, Q-U-A-L-I-F-Y. The Q means you have to be able to ask those questions that bring those answers from them. And you've got to be able to answer about your product or find someone without bullshit that can get the answer to them as quickly as possible. So the Q and the U, you've got to be able to ask those questions. And you're, You've got certain indices that you ask, are you this, are you this, are you this? You, you already told me what they were, one, two, three. Do you understand what they're talking about? Do you have an understanding of your own product? And you have got to be your product because they're going to buy you first, really, in their emotional state before they ever open the logic to your product. It is that quick, but you got to know your product. You and the product have to be one, or you're going to sound like a dilettante, guessing and it comes across on the phone as uncertainty and you are dead you are dead because people fear uncertainty and change fear it and you're dead at that level the a is you got to be able to answer you got to be able to ask you got to ask the right questions the questions that matt laid out you got to be able to ask those questions l is the most important one guys the most important one you have to be able to really listen hearing is different than listening what is actually being said? What are they actually saying? Are they indicating that there is a true opportunity here or are they using you for your knowledge? Are they using you for a form of leverage? Is it just a conversation because they're bored? Happens. Bill, that's something that's very interesting. I'd like to stop on that for a sec because you talked about it in the open, which is that some customers are literally going to use your information for leverage. Absolutely. And, and I'm not so sure that we have given enough credence to that over our long span of being in business. I'm not so sure that we've actually really understood that when we quote the transaction, that customer is going to shop that transaction. 
And so we've lost, some of our newer guys have lost transactions recently and have even been told by the client on the other side, uh, I took your information and I took it to your competitor and they beat you. And so I'm going to, or I've done the deal with the other person. Now I take that, I know you take it the same way, as I'm gonna punch you in the face, you son of a bitch. I'm a, right? How dare you do that? But that's really not understanding it as a game because that is the game. Yeah. The game is that that's probably what the best customers should do anyway. Let, let me give you something that I do and I train people to do here and I'll send this to you in text if you want to use it as, it's a, not a script, but you, you'll, you'll own this. Through this conversation, you're going to get to this point if you're qualifying. And the point is the I of qualify is integrity. That's the integrity of the buyer. This is what I've done. I said, if it was, I would always say this, if it was one of my clients, they've been with me for five years, six years, and I came in, let's assume I am, and I'll use this number, 10% better, and the product's the same. Let's just make this wild, crazy assumption that right out of the gate, I'm 10% better. Pricing, cost, Product's the same. It's, it's a miracle, but it is. They've been with me four years, five years, six years. I'll tell you what they would do. They would give me a chance to refine. What are the rules of engagement? I have to ask this, or my boss, Matt Monero, will kill me, literally. What are the rules of engagement? What do you do if I'm better? Do you come to me or do you go to him? Do you come to me for refinement or do you go to him and stay there? Every effing time, you better ask that question in here because you will get bent over and used if you don't. Now, now you can't qualify integrity. If they tell you they're going to do something, and if you're right out of the gate, this is how the rules of engagement are because you got to ask, what are the rules of engagement? I'm in here. This guy's here. It's never strictly a price. They're going to say, oh, it's just price, price. Bullshit. They're going to go the easiest route if it's just price. They're going to stay where they are. They're going to get their guy to bump down a point. That's just how it works. So what's the motivation right there? you got to ask that question hypothetically every effing time or you get killed. Now, did you say that you're not supposed to question their integrity? In other words, once they tell you what that roadmap is of, of their process, are you not supposed to stop and say, well, that sounds dumb. Why are you going to your boss? You don't need to go to your boss. Let's make the decision right now. You don't need anybody to help you with that. I can help you right now. No, I've never done that. Never done that. I took, the, I took what they told me and then I made a decision based on, is that a qualified opportunity or is that not? Because you're never going to change that mindset. You're not going to tell them that's a dumb decision and have them reverse that decision by thinking, you know what, I think he's right. They're going to get more, more, more recalcitrant. They're going to dig in. They're going to be entrenched and they're going to, they're going to never, they're going to fight you. So what I learned, hey, he says, yeah, you know, they've been with me a while. I'll give him a chance. That's not a qualified opportunity. That's just somebody that's going to use you. What I'm saying about integrity is this. Sometimes if they tell you they're going to do it in a certain way and they act in another way that that is man, you can't qualify integrity. You cannot. They'll lie to you. You can't do it. It happens three, four percent of the time. I'll give you a good example of something. A guy called me out and he wanted to to talk with me, and he was a big, big, big contractor. And I had the biggest one in the United States. And he said, I want the deal you got him. I want to know about that deal. And I said, okay, before we talk about, I won't talk about a specific client's deal, but before we talk about any more about insurance, I want to ask you a question. If I come out here and right out of the gate, I'm 10% better than your incumbent who you've had for eight years, what do you do? 
it's the only time this ever happened to me in business. You know what he did? He said, get the hell out of my office. Don't ask me about how I conduct my business. I was with a brand new sales guy. He would, <laughs> I said to him, if you do not ask those questions to the sales guy later, I will kick your ass. Because right there, you found out this nice guy who was trying to enroll me, he just wanted to know what the rates were for his, against his competitor. You got to ask the questions. And the most important thing, guys, you got to be able to walk away if you're not hearing what you need to hear to know that it's qualified. That's the biggest thing. And that's all about pipeline. Because the more you have in your pipeline, the more you're not going to need it. The more you don't sound needy, the more you're going to attract it. And it is a numbers game. It's like fishing in Cabo. We'd have 20 guys fishing in Cabo. The more lines out, the more you're going to catch. You don't put your line out there, you ain't going to get shit. You're never, it's just numbers, numbers, numbers. And that comes down to the individual making more and more and more calls. I'm telling you, it is that simple. And it sounds like it's, can't there be something more glamorous? No, it's not. <laughs> work. That's work. Fit it, give me the F and the Y of qualify. We, I, F is your most important thing you can do to make a difference. And you can do this quick. It's called follow-up. You got a conversation. You have a, a quick conversation. There might be three words in there or two words in there that are buying words, emotional words. And you put them in quotes. And you say, Matt, as we talked about, you got to kick ass and do this. Boom, boom. Thank you. Boom. Send it out. It takes four or five seconds. But you're going to separate yourself from everybody else doing what you do because something's coming across the screen that says, one thing, thank you. Two, his words coming back to him or her words coming back to them, which is the key to selling to get them to listen to their voice and hear their thoughts and see their thoughts come back in writing. It, you are starting to reel them up to the boat. That is the key. Thank you, thank you. follow up. They ask for something, boom, fast, boom. Because what they're going to experience with you is right there in their subconscious. You're talking about urgency. You're talking about providing something. Holy shit, look at this. Woo! You gotta follow up on their request or they'll think the marriage is gonna be bad. They're never gonna go down the other. And the why is the most important thing. If you do everything in this process of qualify, question, understand, answer, listen, keep the eye to the side. Follow up, you sell. If you don't, you're just playing a game. You're shooting in the dark. Your odds of knowing where you have to be, and you've got to ask where you have to be. And I do that. If I'm at X, do I have your business? That's part of qualifying. It's a process. If I get this right, am I then your source? If they say yes and they go another way, you can't qualify integrity. But you've got to bring all those things in the funnel to that one thing. If then, it's got to be if then. If we do this, then do you do this? And that's the process of qualify right there. And we do it here really, really well. Or, or we don't sell. And so, um, so let's talk just a little bit on the pipeline piece. Because what, what happens to the guy or gal who's working hard, they're making the calls, but yet that pipeline just doesn't seem, the math doesn't seem to be working on their side. How does someone develop the pipeline when they seem to be doing the work, but yet the pipeline isn't being built? Well, I don't know about the word seem. So you, if you're doing the work, then, then you're, you need to do this. And this is what we've done here is we have a mentor program, mentorship program. Where the people who do it the best, then the ones that are having a struggle, who might be making 125 calls a day. And by the way, let me tell you what else we have here is an accountability mentorship where if a person's not making the 125 calls a day, they're held accountable by another mentor 
in the office that says, let me see your calls. Why aren't you doing it? And it's not just a checkbox like it used to be. I want to know about every call. See, a call isn't a, a hangout. Somebody call, you don't get the person. I mean, you actually get the buyer. That's a fucking, sorry, that's a call. Everything else is a bunch of shit. You see, that's just a dial. That's not a call. It's a dial. So we're holding them accountable. And then we're shadowing and saying, okay, you might want to use this word. You might want to use this, this phrase. You might want to hit a little more of this in the morning. Maybe you're doing this in the afternoon. And you know what the weirdest things are? The ones that hit the biggest ones are days like today where it's like the holiday week. The day, Because no one else is doing it. All of a sudden, you get that crazy guy that's still in his office and everybody else is down. It's that it, I swear to you, it's, it's weird. But that's part of what we do. We listen to how we're doing it. We give them all the support by saying, try this, try this. And it has made a marked, marked difference in the result. If you're making the calls and you're not getting through, then we're going to listen to see what is it we need to do to help you. And if then we're going to measure how we're helping you and we're going to see improvement or, or we're not. And I think then you're not making the calls. I got it. So you're actually, it's not just qualifying the prospect. You're actually qualifying the effort. Big you got to qualify the effort. You yeah. don't qualify the effort and quantify the effort. It's not just, I made these dollars. I'm not getting through. I'm doing, we know what we used to do here. And I'll tell you, we do a lot. We, we still do some of this. We confuse effort with achievement. And so we're measuring calls. That's effort. That's activity. Mm -mm. You got to measure the result. You've got to have a directed result. You've got to know each caller has got to know what the purpose of every call is. What do I want to get on this call? What is my freaking purpose? Number two, what position am I going to take to realize that purpose on this call? What is it going to take? And am I going to put myself in play? And am I going to understand what the, what the nature of this engagement is? Meaning, how do I win? You've got to know how you win every call. That's the key with us. Mm -hmm. And we quantify those things. At the end of the day, it's about results. We want X amount per month. You got to have X amount per week. So we're going to micro that on a, on a, not a daily, but a weekly and a monthly basis. And then it becomes the quarter and either doing it or you're not. And the quarter is your, your stance is that weeks can go up and down. Good week, bad week, maybe even good month, bad month, but the quarter begins to tell the story. Quarter is going to tell the story with new, with new people. I'm going to look at the first two quarters, the first three quarters. I'm going to invest really in the first two to three quarters to see what I really have. But as a jaded, maybe a certain cynic and maybe a realist, I know what I have right away. I know if you, if you have the hunger to make the calls. I know if you can take it, the rejection on the phone. I know if you have the, the need to do more. And I know you got to make it. Guys, you got to make it a game. I mean, you got to make it a game. Or are you going to take it so personal that everybody's hanging up on me? No. You, the more hangups you get, the closer to yes. I, I'm telling you, I make it a game. Yeah. So, Bill, I mean, I, I just I, I can feel it coming through the phone and, and in person, all this stuff. I mean, I have the same emotional connection to winning. It's mm. it, it it is it is a game. It is a process. It is a numbers game. But at the end of the day, the winners win. Yeah. Just figure out a way to win. And so that's the that's the gray area between the. The you know the yin and the yang the, the 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 clarity of black and white, it's the person who gets through the gray. Yeah, yes. And you get yes. through the gray by having just certainty that yes. you're going to win. Yes, that's beautiful. I'm gonna, we should we're going to tweet that. We're going to take credit for it. <laughs> Let me tell you something I'm looking at. I'm, I've got your on my 
75 inch Matt Monero um, TV because he's inspired me to buy big TVs. I'm looking at how much you guys make a year, and it's a shitload of money. Yeah, some, some of our guys make absurd amounts of money. Let me tell you how I know it's a shitload of money because our industry makes a shitload of money. So I'm looking up there, and I am telling you, don't let our guys see that. You guys are making a lot of money. You could take my top guys, and they could make a lot of money with you, and I could take your guys, and they could make a lot of money with us because I think that is the nature of how really the, the great salespeople would do it. So before we break, Phil, because I know time is valuable, two, two things I'd like your insight on. Number one, see, that's all I need, right? And, and I know in your career, that's what you needed too. You needed to come back. Can you hold on to something for a minute? Just yeah. hold that. Don't, don't get rid of the thought. Let me tell you about time. I don't know how you do this, but you mentioned this is for terms of time. I, I emphasize this. I live this. I, I make sure they know this. There's only so much time we have allocated in work time during the day. A lot of people will come in and fill out applications or have their assistants do it or do, do that stuff at 830 in the morning when we start or seven or nine o'clock or 10 and your day of calling is gone. So they'll do anything to get away from the calls or they'll do it in the afternoon. You've either got to do that work before the actual call time. So you're not encroaching on the actual time you have on the phone with a, with a potential customer or after work. And that's all part of being, having a career and creating legacy rather than just having a job. Because what I'm looking at the board and what you guys are doing and what we do, it's not a job. If it's a job, you're going to quit. You're, it's not a job. It's got to be a career. And to have a career, you got to do the work no matter what the hours. Don't encroach upon your call time by making something to do like folders or files or, or other things that take away from the actual time you have on the phone. That's the most important thing we drive here. But I just want to say it about time. Well, I think one other thing that you're you're uh, that I know about you that's not specifically being said though, but there you you're a big believer in in energy and power, and there's only so much energy and power that you can put into the difficult tasks. You can't do it difficult. You can't do it at that pace for ten hours a day, fifty hours a week. It's the energy component is not available for someone fifty hours a week to do it at the intensity necessary. Unless you got initials that are MM, and if you turn those upside down, it got WW, William Woodridge. See, MM, WW. Weird people with the weird, weird people. They eat normal brains, man. Crazy shit. <laughs> All right. So, Bill, over the years, how do you take a guy or gal whose, whose performance has leveled off? How do we, they, they've got the skill set, they've got the client base, but they haven't gone from 1x to 2x or 3x what is your suggestion to that person you know i take them I, I i coach a lot of our producers on the side and that is the difference between motivation and inspiration and motivation is this they've gotten to a certain level and then comfort encroaches comfort seeps in and comfort looks like this is more than i've ever expected to make i've got the house i've got the car the kids the what and i'm motivated my motivation my my i'm satisfied Inspiration is different. Inspiration is those crazy people who just want to do it because they love to win and they want to see how far they can go and they want to win and, and they have to understand one thing. And this is the most important thing I can tell you that success is something in the old days. They said it's, it's like a sword. You can do anything with it almost except sit on it. And so the thing I coach our people is you don't know who's going to die tomorrow, change, get it, you're going to lose them the same way you got them. you got to always be moving forward with your success because if you don't, that level of motivation that you have, that, that comfort you have, it's going to go backwards because momentum is the most difficult thing to get. 
but you, and you don't know exactly when you're getting it, but you sure shouldn't know when you lose it. And so I will side coach them. And the reality is some of the time it works and they come out and they get it. They have to get burned a little bit, lose a little bit, but they get it and they just punch up and some of them don't. They stay in that pool of comfort and they make so much money that you really don't, you don't get rid of them, but you know that they could do a lot more. That's just, just part of the game. That's part of the game. I know. Now, what about the bottom? The ones that are struggling, they're fighting, they're, they're losing confidence, they're doubting their abilities, they're constantly saying to themselves. Here's a big thing, though, that we haven't talked about today. I think it's really important. I say to everybody in the first couple of days here, the questions you ask me and the others that you work with will determine your success in this company. And, and so if you're quiet, if you're not asking questions, something's not right. Because when I was trying to learn this business, I'll never forget, I tell the story a lot in here, there was a single CPU in the office. It was early. No, no computers in the office. There was one computer. And day one, I saw all these people going to that computer and leaving it. And day two, no one told me what that computer was. I saw the same people going to that computer and leaving it. Day three, I finally said, hey, uh, what goes on at that computer? And they said, well, that's where we quote all our deals. I mean, shit, nobody showed you how to use this computer yet? I said, no, nobody showed me how to use it because someone showed Of course. If you're not asking me the questions of how do we do better here, I can't gauge how I can help you. What's your stance on that? How do you We, we say the same thing. And here's what we say. There are tremendous pockets of knowledge here. You have got to go find them. We're not going to come and find you. And I have a glass. I have a glass here. The top producers are in here. They live in here. Even after 10, 14, 15 years of making the kind of success you have on that screen, they're in here. The other ones are not. They're avoiding me because they don't want to be seen. They are the bottom tier. You've got to come to the knowledge in this office and find it and take it. It will help you. But if you don't do that, you know, why should I care more about your success than you do, number one? And I'm not going to go to you. You have to come to me. If I have to go to you, we've got a real problem. Uh, the bottom tier, and i tell you what I, how I learned to deal with this, because it's very important about the message you send to the top and mid-tier, is you're going to be known as a leader by what you tolerate much more so than what you ever accomplished. And I learned that a long time ago. And I've also learned the toughest thing for me, because I'm a people person, is to separate the person from the product. So I'm able to quantify, these are your results to date. If these don't change in the next quarter, then we're going to have a separation. So I'm very big on, my, on the expectations. I'm managing those expectations of what I want because if you don't, you're going to pull your top down, your mid down, because you're going to be opposite of your word and you're going to send a bad message. That's tough, but you've got to do it. All right, my friend. I appreciate it. Guys, any questions? Did you guys get anything out of that? <laughs> we got a lot out of it. Anybody with any questions for Bill? But I'm going to email this to you, Matt, on what I used to ask him on the if then, and I mean this. You've got to play the perfect scenario case. Say, you know, in a perfect world, if we come out and we're at this rate, at what do you do? Are you with us? And if you can tell by the him, the ha, the this, the that, the I don't know, that's your key. Those are the burning points between the tipping point of a conversation and having a real, real, real potential client. Yeah, I got it. Thanks, guys. Go, Thank go get in your pool, man. <laughs> that's morning and nights. I'm working right now. See you, buddy. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> That's our episode this week with your host, Matt Monero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money.